The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... That cute little monkey that's tied to the chair that that son of a bitch kills, uh, that is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, so this week we're also joined by two very special guests. So like a couple, like about a month ago, we uh, did a guest spot over on the Last Book on the Shelf podcast where we talked about the novel Frankenstein. Uh, and at that time, the guys were like, are there any other or any movies that maybe like you know, really follow the book closely, and we're doing one this week, so we thought we would welcome them on this week. Guys, introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Hayden Orr. And I'm John Howell. Uh, we welcome, also guys. have a, a, thank you, we also have a third uh, host, normally if anybody is listening that is a, a, a constant listener <laughs> uh, over at Last Book on the Shelf, but uh, TJ is under the weather this week, so uh, he's he's sitting this one out. We've, we got him a plane ticket to Ingolstadt. There's a doctor up there that we've, we've heard has really got some electrifying uh, treatments. Somebody will really put him back together, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have two-thirds nice of the guys on, at least. Yeah. All right, so yeah, this week we're talking about Terror of Frankenstein, which, yeah, like we said, is, is one of the more faithful adaptations of the novel. Uh, especially, it's kind of surprising, it's it's a really short one. You know, we've done a couple other sort of faithful ones that are like long miniseries or like, you know, the, the uh, Kenneth Branagh one that I think is like two hours-ish. But yeah, this one is a rare one that starts out with, uh, with like us being in the Arctic. Like it's, uh, you know, we don't see that often in Frankenstein movies. Right. We get a solid good, uh, two minutes of credits before we do see the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the uh, who we'll find out is Frankenstein. But uh, basically shambling through the uh, the tundra. Yeah, he's all like frostbitten and everything. And then he sees like a ship up ahead and, you know, goes to the ship. He's all excited. And then he just kind of like falls unconscious right as he gets to the boat. And like he's not on a dog sled or anything. We don't get any of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, he gets carried aboard by the crewman and sits down with or the captain kind of like sits down with him, gives him like a drink and everything and asks what happened. And, you know, he's like, where's your crew? Like you're, you're searching for the North pole too. Right. And Frankenstein's like, no, you know, no, I'm, I'm chasing something <laughs> totally different. Um, yeah. <laughs> then we kind of get this uh, the conversation that we see a lot where like the captain is really dedicated to this North pole thing. And Frankenstein's like, you know, let me tell you my story and maybe you will right. second guess your whole uh, obsession with this, uh, this hunt. Right. Don't we also get the, um, this is kind of backwards in that we actually don't see the monster on the dog sled 
until after Frankenstein's already made his appearance. And if yeah. I remember correctly, in the book, you see the dog sled first, and then Frankenstein comes up behind it in his own dog sled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's like the next day he like shows up to the ship or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because which the book makes more sense because you know Victor is chasing the creature, but right. here I think it's just like they're just kind of looking for each other out in the you know in the wastelands and. So, yeah, then the, the captain says something like, I, I, so I saw a guy out on a dog sled. Do you, you know anything about that? Yeah, uh, but that was clearly just a, a trick of the light because how could a giant be riding at a dog sled, right? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, instantly Frankenstein's like, wait, what? <laughs> tell me more about this. What's going on? That was That's not an illusion. I need, I need all the details right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and you know, but so he's like, all right, let me tell you my story and explain to you what you saw. And then we'll go from there. So then we get our flashback to Geneva and young Victor. And in this case, we just have Vic, like Victor's the same dude, the whole, like the same actor. They don't have like a young Victor actor, right? They're shaved, uh, slightly unshaved, just unkempt. And then just full wilderness raggedy man, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Victor. Yeah, which is it's interesting because like later on, I mean, when he's going through school, like that's like a passage of like two years, isn't it? I think. Is, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just looks exactly the same, like no, <laughs> no change in appearance no whatsoever. Right. It's as if two yeah. years passed in five minutes. Whoever would have right, <laughs> right. But but this intro, basically, as Victor starts telling his story, we're introduced to. I thought this was just like a very artistic, washed out you know, like white room scenario where Elizabeth is walking in. No, it's, it's, it's actually snow. Mm-hmm. So I should, I should, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my bad. But I was like, oh, they're being artistic. <laughs> I'm the fool. Yeah. So she's like outside of his window calling to him and she wants him to go on a walk. And, you know, he's kind of resistant. He's like, I got work to do. And she's like, yeah, but you know, it's pretty out. You should go. And, you know, it's the same thing that we have seen before where like, you know, he's kind of like mostly dedicated to his studies, but like, she's sort of the one thing that can kind of break him out of that. So he agrees and they like go on a walk on his way out. You know, he, he talks to his dad. He talks to William. They're playing chess. That is the only actor at this time. Who's even trying a German accent. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone else is clearly British, but dad's like, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. I know the kid that was playing William was just like, Oh, father right. yeah oh. <laughs> like all these movies like they're always like we're in ingolstadt we're in bavaria or like blah, blah, blah. and it's like okay but could you could you try because it, it sounds <laughs> right. like we're in england it sounds like we're in london right now mm-hmm. which always gets confusing because then they go to london later yeah right. later <laughs> this foreign country yeah yeah <laughs> We did. Uh, we clearly didn't just go down the street and record. That's preposterous, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, but so out on the walk, um, Victor finds like this, like fossilized. Uh, I don't know, some kind of oh, like yeah. trilobite. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, Elizabeth's very curious about it, and he, you know, he says something like, "Maybe it never actually died. Maybe it just changed form." So already getting like a sense of like that that's what Victor's interested in is like the way that life transitions into death and possibly back the other direction as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth wants to keep the fossil as like a memory. And, you know, so he lets her have it. But she kind of gets, you know, they kiss and she's like, you know, why can't you study close to home? Like, why do you have to go so far away, like leaving me behind? And he's like, you know, I have to like the teachers that I need are there. Like, I can't learn what I need to learn here. 
yeah. and she's kind of you know she's she's not very happy about that like she's not not really understanding which like considering everything you know makes sense Mm-hmm. Right, but he's like, I promise, you know, I'm gonna work really hard. I'll get home in a couple of years. We'll be able to marry. She's just kind of like, okay, fine. Like, let's let's go home. There's a storm coming. It's, uh, you know, it's it's late. Right, but he doesn't mind storms. <laughs> he he feels pretty comfortable out in there, yeah. and that actually scares Elizabeth just a little bit. Yeah, so we're getting that lightning kind of stuff going on, and it seems like they usually kind of, you know, Victor's never afraid of storms, and they usually try to like make a character afraid of storms because it kind of like adds tension you know we had polidori in the uh, the true story of frankenstein <laughs> yeah. that was the really one afraid of storms, afraid of storms. <laughs> right yeah. i mean he has his reasons especially <laughs> there at yeah. the end true <laughs> yeah elizabeth fares a little better as far as that goes but um right uh but yeah so you know they they head home and then we end up meeting uh, Henry, who kind of like talks to Victor about Elizabeth and is like, you know, you're kind of you need to like straighten out like you're leaving her. Like, what's what's the deal? Victor's like, well, she, she's got to understand. I've got these studies. And he's like, no, you're not going to convince any woman that like st- your studies are more important than her love. Right. But also not to backpedal real quick. So when Henry comes in, he just came in from climbing uh, uh, some hill or mountain or something. <laughs> and uh Victor mentions that, uh, you know, th- that's dangerous climbing alone. By the way, do you guys see those four shadows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just, like... <laughs> yeah. It, it's pretty heavy handed. <laughs> right? Like, especially if you're looking at this and comparing it to the book and you're like, wait, Henry's never been like a mountain climber in <laughs> mountain any version yeah. of this I've ever seen. Why is he right, a mountain like climber in this? Hmm. I wonder well, if that's going to come up again later. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, then we get the the thing where this Victor, he's not just an alchemist. He's just he's straight into the black magic. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all the darkness. <laughs> right. Yeah, I actually I thought that was really interesting. Like I think Henry even says he's like, this isn't even alchemy. This is sorcery. And uh, I mean they do like that that weird little uh, like Ouija board spirit summoning. Uh, <laughs> experiment and he joins him he's just like yeah intriguing (laughs) it's like that's henry (laughs) ah it's a friday night what do you gotta do i'm in the dead i gotta get into my boy's interest a little bit (laughs) yeah victor like reads him like a recipe to make a homunculus which is like i don't i don't trust that recipe (laughs) no no Uh, that actually like uh i'll go on like wikipedia or like you know just internet like rabbit holes uh with stuff like this that is like a legitimate homunculus recipe there's also uh i think ones where you would use manure uh and human Mm -hmm. blood and uh semen (laughs) just it like the recipes for homunculus were just like the they're like, take the nastiest stuff you can get and throw it in a jar and keep it warm yeah. for like a month and see what happens. Yeah. You kind of incubate that. Yeah. It's just like, what it the It seems fuck? like if it was that easy to do, it would just be like, <laughs> right. right. There would be, be a, like millions of homunculus just running around everywhere. <laughs> Listen, do you know how many how many homunculi would exist in a, a teenage boy's room oh on average? <laughs> be an infestation. Right, infestation of homunculi. On, or little socks on their head. Oh god. Have you guys seen have you guys seen the movie Gate? Like oh yes, the Gate. Yes, those little goblin things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I imagine it's a lot like that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, so he reads that. They end up, like, they go to a, gr- a churchyard to dig up mandrake roots, which is also, like, a big sorcery thing. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, they, they're they doing this, like, candlelit ritual thing. And Elizabeth comes strolling in and is, like, pissed by this. And she's like, you all are children. Like, and I think especially because he's, like, talking about how important his schooling is and he needs to go away to learn. And she's like, this is the shit you're doing. Like, yeah, this is your important <laughs> learning. Mm-hmm. From there, it, like, pretty much cuts to Victor leaving for school. He, like, thanks his dad and, you know, kind of says bye to the family and heads out. And Elizabeth just kind of, like, doesn't even say goodbye. She just kind of, like, watches him from a distance. It's kind of, like, a little sad, a little angry. Mm. And then we, we just get to the school. And here, Victor just has, like, one professor who's kind of like an amalgam of the two yeah. professors from the book. Instead of Waldman, it's Waldheim. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like, Victor, I think your study kind of lacks direction. You're kind of spending too much time with these old alchemists. And, you know, he kind of like gives him some reading lists of some other things. Victor's like, but I, I want to study life. And he's like, then be a doctor, study medicine. Right. Yeah. And he's like, well, nah, I don't want to study kind of that. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, I just want something simple and easy, you know, like the the origins of life and how to create new life you know yeah. from the ground up <laughs> yeah exactly the basics <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then there's like some thunder off in the distance and Valheim's like if i were superstitious i would say that's a that's a bad sign yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i'm a scientist Buddy, so we'll you start. don't know how right you are <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. that's right <laughs> Then, like, to just really kind of hammer home, like, all of the, the themes of this, he's like, hey, have I shown you this print I have of the Prometheus myth? Prometheus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a more modern rendition. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, goes through and they, like, tell the, yeah, spell out the whole myth, you know, go through all of that, that, like, the, you know, seal in the fire and the getting the liver eaten every day and all that, like, the whole thing. So then we cut away and it's, like, Victor at his new room... And he's, like, kind of starting to set up his lab. He's getting all his gear out and everything. Then we just get, like, a montage of Victor doing, like, his science stuff. So he's, like, experimenting and dissecting <laughs> A lot of stuff. dissections. Yeah. 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 And I think you see, like, the professor with him some, but sometimes he's by himself. And then, like, we later see him visit a, uh, like, a, a slaughterhouse. So, like, you know, we're getting Dude, into I got real nervous real quick when they... <laughs> Like, that guy wound up for the whack on the cow's head. I was like, oh, no, we're going to see an actual cow die. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, right. And honestly, it doesn't look like he pulls back b- before they cut. I'm, so, I mean. I'm just I, hoping he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Didn't see that disclaimer for the no animals harmed yeah. in this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, we, we probably need to throw something up at the beginning of this episode, by the way. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and it was a little more common back then that they would just, like, straight up put actual animal violence in movies. Uh, yep. You know, I think, like, Cannibal Holocaust is, like, the big oh, example. God. But, like, even, yeah. like, what are the Friday mm-hmm. the 13th? They kill a real snake. Yeah, mm-hmm. they chop it up. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, is that the, I think there's a movie that's just called Slaughterhouse that has, like, a bunch of uh, pigs that are actually slaughtered. It's just, like, they just filmed in a real no. slaughterhouse. Yeah. So Who's enjoying that? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean it, there's people out there. There's some people. Obviously, there, they're. Yeah. I mean, they're selling it. So yeah, somebody's buying. And I somebody's guess if you buying. start with that, it makes the movie seem scarier. And it's you know, if you can go to a real slaughterhouse and just film them, it's free production value. But um, true, right? Uh, yeah, it's not not for me. Nope. Uh, and yeah, it's possible that that's hearing, what's going on here. 
uh, like in Texas Chainsaw, just hearing the hitchhiker talk about uh, like Dude, killing yeah, the like the process, like the killing the cattle right. in the beginning. Even just hearing that is just like, oh, so mm, like just to, yeah. to see it is like even uh, yeah, I'd I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah, we see the slaughterhouse thing, and then we've got like Victor back at home, and he's like looking at anatomical diagrams, and he has a little monkey strapped to a little chair, bro. <laughs> And this bro is also pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean they well, that don't, monkey they does don't, not want to be there. No, they don't no. show it, but the the monkey's screams of terror that are mm-hmm. you know quickly cut off. Fill in the blanks. Oh yep. God. Yep. Yeah, it's like the, you see the monkey from the front, like you know. It, I mean, it looks like a little tiny electric chair. Like he's like strapped <laughs> down by the right, wrists he, and he everything. He had it specially built for this. With, like ties. <laughs> it's like almost cute. In a way, for like a split <laughs> second, and then you realize what's right. going on, and you're like, "Oh no!" Oh, no. no. Yeah. yeah, it makes it worse that the monkey's struggling against the bonds, like yeah. actually, and it's like the trainer didn't do a good job on this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, but then, like you said, you don't. We don't actually see anything. Like then, it kind of cuts to like behind the chair, so you just mm-hmm. see like the back of this chair and Victor like cutting its Pulls skull open. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like you said, it's like it's screaming in pain, and then it's not screaming in pain in a way that is pretty clear what's just happened. Yeah. Hey, but good news, Victor just uh, graduated in two years. <laughs> yeah. He immediately cut to him and Waldheim. It's like, hey, congratulations, you got your degree. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says it took Bro. Victor two years, what would have taken a regular student ten. Uh, exactly. Which is insane. I don't know if that's like an over exaggeration or if Victor really is just that smart, which I mean, I guess he is because, you know, he's he creates a man. So <laughs> yeah, true. only person to do that. So I guess, yeah, he's he's at the top of the, the IQ pile, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. And so then Waldheim's like, well, you know, you, you've done all this hard work. Maybe you should uh, give up on your small time experiments and try something a little larger. Yeah. Like scaling up a little bit. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah, and um, Victor's like interesting. I like I like where your your head is. Uh, and then we just got to him like talking to a guy, and he's like, "So I, I know I just ordered this ice box, but I want it like way bigger than I've previously mentioned. Oh, yeah. Like, I want a you want huge eight twice as big. <laughs> you want eight foot ice box? He's like eight foot. I'll need more wood. Yes, yes you, you will. will. And then he slams the door. <laughs> It's just like there. There's some unexpectedly funny moments in this movie too that I was. I just was just kind of caught me off. They're not even really that funny, but I guess just because they caught me off guard, I I laughed more than I probably should have. Yeah, it's it's really I, I, dry, but I love it. Yeah, right. I did want to add uh, at the beginning, like when Victor's coming off, uh, going on the ship or whatever, and they see Frankenstein off in the distance, the monster, and that guy gets like his head. The stable oh, yeah. comes down and whacks oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, this movie's going to be good. Just a little, <laughs> right? bit, a little <laughs> bit of slapstick. Like, I'm going to look. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to. This is going to be fun. So. And it, it, so. a lot of it comes from, like, this Victor is less dour than, like, you know, your uh, right. Peter Cushing or something. Like, he's got a little bit yeah. of kind of, like, impish glee to what he's doing, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that yeah. Leon Vitali is the actor at he kind of reminds yeah. me of the dude who plays Amadeus in that movie like he just kind of has mm. that sort of energy mm. a little bit Ooh. yeah okay I can definitely see that that would be a hell of a movie this Frankenstein and Amadeus <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah. 
Frankenstein Amadeus. They just the ultimate the, crossover. Victor, uh, Victor, and Amadeus in an ego war, and the only reason Victor creates oh, God. A, if oh, Victor no. creates a better musician than Amadeus, that's the whole that's the whole <laughs> reasoning behind the creation of the creature. All right, we're gonna have a script writing session here in a bit. <laughs> we have come up with way too many good movie ideas in this that we're never ever gonna do anything with. Never. Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah. So once he like slams the door on the carpenter's face, like we just cut to him. Like he's like down in like catacombs, which we find out is like the city's morgue. I guess it's just because mm-hmm. it's like cool down there. They don't have to like have any kind of refrigeration system. You know, he's obviously like negotiating to purchase some bodies, and uh, the guy kind of like shows him a few, and he's like, you know, kind of he's like making his selection and everything. I think the guy tries to charge him more than he's willing to pay, and then but he's finally like they kind of haggle and, and agree on a price. Yeah, well then, uh, then they just pull out a whole ass guy out of a bloody uh, trough. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that is. I guess the water is to, like, preserve or something. I don't know. It would seem like that would make you decay quicker, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, unless it was, like, ice cold, which... I don't know. True. I didn't see any ice in there, but... Who knows? Sanitation standards back then were uh, a lot more lax. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, then we end up... We're back at at Victor's lab and he um, is working on like a kite uh, getting ready to like, you know, deal with the storm or whatever. And then the morgue attendant or whatever shows up del- with the delivery. You know, it's kind of nice that he can just like door dash a corpse. Right. Yeah. There's not, <laughs> you won't see that on Uber Eats. No, definitely <laughs> not. Uh, there's, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of like, um, as opposed to like most other Frankenstein movies, like not a lot of sneaking around. Uh, to get like to procure uh you know parts and stuff there's a little bit of it but it really doesn't feel like he's too overly concerned with like keeping things right, getting caught covert yeah i think this was probably more realistic in that it's like hey i'm just going to get dead bodies i'm uh, just popping yeah. down the to the shop yeah back then i mean i've it, got enough money look i'm a medical student <laughs> i have money he, give me a body yeah. and they're just like oh yeah, yeah. okay well yeah, because I mean, the dude delivers it like he's just like has it out. It's not like under you know blankets on a car yeah. or anything, and then he just like raises it up to the like to the <laughs> top floor with like a pulley, and it's just like a dead body out in front of his house, like on a rope, and yeah, everyone you know could <laughs> see, but yeah, not not trying to be sneaky at all. And then, like, we get, Victor has, like, he's flying the kite. Like, he's practicing, you know, it's not, like, it's not during the storm. He's, like, outside just kind of flying it. But, man, is he having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's just the actor or what. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when you're when you're embarking upon dark endeavors, you got to find time to enjoy yourself. Have you a know? little fun, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't, can't be all serious. Right. <laughs> and then we get, like, the actual, like, creature creation stuff, which... Again, you know, as far as like this following closely to the book, this bit is pretty quick, which kind of feels like Mm -hmm. it follows the way that things are in the book a little bit more. Yeah. Like we just get like one little brief scene of him kind of like cutting into the corpse, kind of like, you know, messing with creating the monster. And then like we've got the storm and Victor rushes out to fly the kite and everything. And yeah, it's like he flies the kite for just a second and then he runs inside and the creature's already awake. Like we're not getting like right. the big sparks yeah. and the, all the science wheels and all that. There's not really any of that. It's it's pretty much just kite struck by lightning, goes into the creature, wakes him up. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they have the budget for the uh, the effects for the lightning, no. I guess. <laughs> no. No spinning wheel, <laughs> no. sadly. Um, yeah. 
this, uh, and this variation scene was uh, it, it was almost it, it wasn't qu- it didn't quite hit the note for me, but it was almost like creepy, like because it's mm-hmm. it's kind of quiet, like there's no like big music sting or anything going on, and you you just mm-hmm. see you know a solid shot of the creature like slowly sitting up, and then he's going to like you know grab the cloth, and then uh, mm-hmm. you know Victor. Uh, you know, cause just, he's like beats feet and, you know, he does his, his classic, uh, I'm going to take a nap, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and forget about I, all this. This is, this is too much. I, yeah. I got to right. take a, a quick, quick sleep. Yeah. You know what? I, I do appreciate that this Victor just takes naps and doesn't pass out. At every opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is definitely like, that's, you know, the sort of central thing is Victor, the creature waking up and then Victor regretting his decision but this right away. this happens i mean it's like instant like i think he says what have i done like pretty much yeah. right after the creature wakes up and yeah like he said he goes to take a nap and then the creature like just pops his head in his in the room like hey what's up? you yeah, just right. woke me up like what, what's going on and so victor like you know runs out into the street you know in terror i wouldn't necessarily call it the street i would say the yard and then yeah. he just falls asleep <laughs> on the crate yeah there's, there's a right, pretty yeah. big fenced in like backyard area for this uh right. this whole house that victor is renting right it's kind of a nice place honestly i feel like i would at least open the door and go outside of the fence though yeah if if i was that worried about something happening right (laughs) but yeah he just i guess i guess they didn't have the funding for that (laughs) no No, we we paid for this nice house set we're gonna get our money's worth we're gonna yeah we're gonna Mm -hmm. wrinkle out every little bit we can they also probably didn't want to pay any extras to Right. It doesn't really feel like there's a lot of extras in this movie like no. uh, I, that I can think of. I don't think there's really any big like crowd shots or anything like that. Yeah, I don't think no. so now that you say that. No. It's yeah. very, very small. So then like we cut to sort of like the next morning and Victor's just kind of falling asleep uh, outside and there's Henry and he's like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> uh, Good old and, Henry. Yeah, and you know he's like, I traveled all the way to Ingolstadt just to pick you up and take you back to Geneva so that you would spend some time with your family, which is insane. But like, I mean, I guess yes. if Victor's not answering <laughs> letters, that's the only way to get his attention. And of course, that makes Liz very sad because, well, Henry's been building bodies and not uh, writing back to Liz. Yeah, mm-hmm. so very sad. Um, and so, but Henry's like, you kind of look sick. And Victor's like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I just, I had a bad dream last night. I went out for a walk and then I got tired and fell asleep outside, but I'm totally okay. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get dressed and, um, uh, go get breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Breakfast out somewhere, not in my house. I'll just run inside, (laughs) grab a change of clothes real quick. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get out of here. But then, yeah, he goes inside and is like looking around, like, oh, you know, where is that thing? And he doesn't see the creature anywhere. And he's like, all right, cool. I guess we can just act like that never happened and just move on (laughs) with our lives. Everything will be fine, Mm -hmm. I'm sure. It was just a nightmare, right? (laughs) (laughs) It was all just a dream. Exactly. Uh, But so then, like, Henry ends up coming inside and is like, you need to lay down. Like, you're you're not doing well. So. Uh, we get a very like abbreviated version of like the the long coma thing where it's just like Henry just kind of takes care of him for you know an afternoon or something and then like it cuts to like you know maybe a day or two later they're like packed up and getting ready to head back to Geneva yeah and it looks like uh, Vic- Victor's a lot more sickly than he let on because he's basically you know fully dressed up hat cape like an old man basically mm-hmm. despite him being young and 
it looks like he's leaning on that cane a little bit more than he probably should be. But, you know, yeah. I guess creating monsters and being freaked out by them will do that to you. Yeah. And so then they we just get to, like, they're, they're back at home. Like, we don't get any of the travel stuff that, you yeah. know. I mean, you know, like, like we said, this movie's an hour and a half. So, like, it follows things pretty closely. But, you know, it's got to trim out some fat there here and there to right. just, like, really streamline things. Yeah, it's one of the, the closest adaptations that's also a speed run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. they, they really, it clips <laughs> along at a nice pace. I think yeah. kind of to its detriment sometimes... Uh, but for the most part, I mean, it's still, it, it really, they follow pretty much everything just like at, at, yep. at two times speed. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've heard that some of like the reviews from when this came out said that it was like too dull, which I would say that's not the problem with this. Like, I feel like it's moving quick, but like yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't really give the story room to breathe, which is kind of the yeah. opposite problem. Yeah. I, yeah, we'll get into the feelings later on. <laughs> I definitely have them. But yeah, so we also get uh, Victor's out and like his, uh, it looks like his late 70s slash early 80s uh, puffy blanket. <laughs> yeah. uh, watching watching Liz and William get ready to go play out in the snow. Yeah, they're going to go on a walk and like Elizabeth, you know, Victor wants to go and Elizabeth's like, you need to stay out of the cold. You're still recovering. Why don't you go inside and warm up and we'll go on a walk. We'll be back later. So, of course... In the woods, Elizabeth and William start playing hide and seek, and we know where this is headed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we see the creature kind of like watching from nearby, and then he like approaches William and is like, Hey, you know, like he's trying to talk to him at first. He thinks that, you know, this kid might be his chance at like having a friend. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's also stranger danger to the max, right? Come with me, little boy. We're going to be best friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. What did he say? It was like, um, uh, I'm not going to hurt you. And he just immediately right? his arm. Yeah. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Why are you screaming? I'm not hurting you. <laughs> and so William obviously is like, you know, he's scared and he starts saying like, you know, my, my father will punish you. Um, my father, Frankenstein. And he's like, Victor Frankenstein. Frankenstein. And he's like, no, my dad, the judge Frankenstein, but Victor is my brother and he'll get you too. Like, <laughs> we're going to fuck yeah, you up. Right. <laughs> it wasn't until this scene that i realized that they that justine is like not in this movie no yeah yeah not part I was, of it like no. it, i got to this part and i was like oh i was like oh the the whole justine plot is just not it's just gone i was like okay yeah, yeah. well so is victor's victor's brother but i guess he's kind of forgettable uh, yeah uh, his ernest, older older brother yeah, yeah, yeah. Older ernest brother. always gets forgotten about but yeah, yeah. The, right. justine is definitely like the most sort of like glaring thing missing from this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well that could have extended this out to two hours <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but yeah so of course you know what's the creature hears that this kid is a frankenstein um, he and and that Ain't long also, for this world. Yeah, and like you know, William is yelling too. So it's it's. I think it's a combination where like he wants to just quiet him, but I think he's also mm-hmm. full of rage because you know Frankenstein. So yeah, here's uh, the name, and he's yeah. just like. Uh. I, I gotta say, the way that he grabs William's head for a second, I was like, oh, he's gonna break his neck because right? like oh, he gets him in that position, but then he just covers his mouth for a few seconds, and William dies like immediately. Like that's just like <laughs> yeah. just has the worst asthma like ever, right? And just <laughs> well, just extremely this, exacerbated. Well, this movie's speed running, so it has to true, speed run the asphyxiation as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dark now, humor. This Elizabeth is, she's just like running, and he he's dead by the time yeah. like she yeah. approaches, and he's gone. It's just like oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
there's not like the whole like the town looking for william or anything again like to to just like streamline things so yeah it's like the creature kind of steps around a tree and is hiding and elizabeth finds william pretty much right away and then she runs home without william's body and like gets victor and then he goes out and like brings the body back and it pretty much just cuts right to william's funeral then Mm -hmm. and we've got like victor and elizabeth they're talking about the murderer that he's still on the loose they're trying to figure out, you know, who would have wanted to do this. But, you know, it's definitely Victor like... Victor knows. Victor oh, definitely yeah. knows. Victor always knows. Yo. <laughs> yeah. And he swears vengeance! Yeah. yeah. So, so then he pretty much, like, they... I think they head home, and then he goes out into the woods and pretty much immediately finds the creature, too. Like, he, you know, right. he's not hiding or anything. Oh, yeah. I really did love this scene, too, where... um. He's just like, monster, you monster. And then it just cuts to them around oh, the campfire. Oh, it's so good. Food. <laughs> I, right. I laughed really hard. I was just like, oh, my God. Nobody knew the context. Like, this yeah, so, been like No, what? seriously, like, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen this movie, like, we are not exaggerating. This no, movie yeah. is a speed <laughs> run. Like, they really <laughs> are, like, trying to get everything that they can in there under that hour and 30-minute mark. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it felt like one of those sometimes when they have like movies about of like popular books they just like assume everybody's read the book so they're just like we're gonna right. give you the high points and you'll fill in the blank it's like the harry potter movies i feel like they're really bad about <laughs> yeah. that right. um mm-hmm. and yeah cliff it, notes uh, this is the frankenstein like cliff notes movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and yeah i think this moment is the most glaringly obvious one of those where it's just like we don't need to have the whole conversation and get them to the ice cave we're just gonna cut there and you'll figure it out you'll catch up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the creature's like, you know, after you hear my story, maybe you'll understand why I have vowed to destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, you know, maybe you'll understand why I've acted the way I have, or you'll understand my sorrow. Just like, yeah, I'm, I've vowed to fuck you up, and this is why. Right. But I also want you, little brother. But I also want you to make me a friend. So I'm just gonna add that ask to the right, pile. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and so, yeah, Victor's like, why did you kill my brother? And, um, you know, and then he kind of goes into it that, like, yeah, I thought he might, you know, that a young kid might not instantly be, like, repulsed by me. I thought it was an opportunity, but then when I found out you were, you know, that he was your brother, that I I went into, like, a blind rage and killed him. Now, here's something that's interesting. Most of the other monsters, wretches, whatever you want to call them, creatures, they, they feel like they actually express their remorse but this one's like, it kind of felt good to kill that kid. <laughs> yeah. Right? He was just like, hmm. Well, I mean, that is a little similar to the book. You know, the creature does, like, when he's talking about it, he's like, you know, as soon as I killed your little brother, I was like, wow, this, you know, I can I can do this. <laughs> that's like the, yeah. I think that's like the biggest, like, like uh, maybe you're not such a good person moment in, like, the story right. of Frankenstein is like, <laughs> Not only did you kill a small child, but you felt kind of good afterwards. Like, that's like a, mm, I'm still rooting for you, but that's not cool. Right. You're skirting that line. You're on watch. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I feel like if they expressed this, it would make more sense why Victor does what he does. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, building him a a mate just doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah. Because he enjoys murder. Yeah, so then we kind of, we get the flashback to the creature story. We don't really get, like, how he ends, he's just in the woods, and he's like, these are he's my He's wearing clothes. Things. Yeah. He is fully clothed. Yeah. yeah. Really nice clothes. What? <laughs> Where did he get him? 
He was yeah. covered in a he was covered in a sheet, and then boom, right, right. to right to full outfit. It's like he's yeah. got like right. a three piece suit on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we we get like sort of a montage of some of the like the moments that we're used to seeing, where he's like hearing birds sing, and then he finds mm. a campfire and kind of experiences fire for the first time. Uh, we get like a really brief scene with him in a village where he like sees a woman and some kids and then gets chased away from them and then we get to the you know the cabin in the woods right. which is like a huge like super nice house in this one like it's not a yeah. tiny little cottage like we're used to oh, seeing oh yeah yeah but you know of course he hides in the shed like we're used to seeing and uh you know is like watching through the little crack in the wall right but but only that it's like they show agatha coming in and it's like directly inches away from her face yeah. somehow she doesn't see in between the cracks yeah like i know like when you're just when you're in like your safe space at home like you're maybe you're a little less observant to everything around you because you just <laughs> know where everything is but like yeah if you're like inches away from a crack in the wall and there's just right. eyeballs on the other side of that nope. you're gonna nope. see that <laughs> and they, yeah and if like they've lived there for a while like they would know that there's that crack there and i'm sure like right at least once in a while, your your vision is gonna like drag. I'll be like, oh yeah, there's that crack. If I saw a pair of yellow like monster eyes looking, I'd be <laughs> out of there immediately. Yeah. Just, yeah, I'm like, grabbing a knife and slashing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> just stab, stab, right. get the hell out, right. and that's it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That monster is not gonna learn any languages for me and my family. <laughs> and we're just going straight to burning down the 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 shack. Right. It yeah. won't sneak in on your old uh, blind father and right. uh, and try plead, to befriend him. Plead yeah. for uh, you know friendship and and uh, you know uh, love. Right. You know what? You know what else that would prevent though? Just sw- swiping at the eyes. Probably the monster from stealing your damn bread. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's- I know, right? He's taking out at the table there with the window open. He's just like Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll get I'll get another one. <laughs> Which he's probably starving at this point, but still he's just like, I'm gonna help myself here. Right. Yeah, and once he steals the food, he like goes back in, you know, into his hiding place and is watching, and then he sees the family sit down to dinner, uh, and he realizes like, oh shit, like they don't have food now. Like I have this isn't like they had a lot of spare food or anything. Like I think mm-hmm. they they just feed the 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 blind father and like Felix and Agatha right. just are like going without. Yep. Which I think com- that happens in the book as well. So yeah. again, like they're just like squeezing it all in pretty quick. And then we hear the you know the the father plays the violin, uh, which the creature really enjoys. Then there is like a little short scene that I don't really think follows anything in the book. It's kind of on its own where like Agatha goes on a walk and the creature sort of follows her and just kind of like watches her from a distance. And he picks up that, oh, hey, on this this really clear and reflective thing is a picture of Agatha. So I kind of wonder what I look like. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, when he walks <laughs> upon it. Obviously, he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm not that good looking." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, again, a moment that we pretty much always have to get so that the creature can kind of understand why people don't seem to to mm. like him. And then I think we're like back to the house, and you've got Felix reading from the Bible. And in this, like, I mean, again, like I guess because of the speed run thing, like he somehow just like listens to Felix reading and then just knows right. how to read instantly. Oh. Yeah. Those symbols, I can hear them. Yeah. <laughs> if, if only it were that easy. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then I think it's like Felix and Agatha are gone, and the you know the father's alone playing the violin again. So 
the creature lets himself in and introduces himself as a like lonely traveler Tra- who needs to rest. And yeah, again, this scene is like super quick. Like he goes from like, "Hey, I'm a lonely traveler. Uh, I'm looking for some friends. Who are your friends? It's you. you you're my yeah, friend. Yeah. Be my friend. Please you be my friend. Please." <laughs> well, he gets he gets in, uh, uh, rushed a little bit because Agatha and Felix are already coming back. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit! I got, I got a limited amount of time. I could do this. Like, fuck! They were, go- they, they were, were gone for literally like bit. two minutes, and now they're already. I know that. Back. <laughs> yeah. We forgot that basket of food. Let's go back to the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so of course, Agatha and Felix come inside, and like, shit goes down. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's the scene we're used to seeing. Like Felix, like sort of like attacks the creature. And he Agatha like, passes. All right, immediately. This, this Agatha passing out was the best. <laughs> like she just drops. Oh yeah. Just Did like she even complete... make a noise when she was just I, like, no, no. <laughs> just dead weight immediately. Just right. <laughs> unintentional comedy. Oh, and I just realized there's not even there's no sassy in this either. Like she's no, just no sassy. Yeah, no. She's, no. They they Aww. they really were like. Uh, I guess they just. Which I mean. Those aren't in the book, at least. Those aren't like you know, it, I guess, extremely necessary to the the overall like plot. But right. I feel like taking Justine and Safi's like subplots out kind of takes away a lot of like you know the ideas and the themes of the story overall. And yeah, it's kind yeah. of disappointing because they're missing. they're like good subplots. I mean, they're interesting. Yeah you know character yeah well hell and they have Safi, Safi could have her own movie right with her right. subplots Sa- yeah Safi and felix stuff is like a whole mm-hmm. like historical yeah. political thriller like on, on its mm-hmm. own and then just like they're like nope cut it out hour and 30 <laughs> we're, we're clocking it in right. <laughs> yeah so you know of course the creature gets you know once he's like kicked out he goes back to the shed and is like you know watching the family again which i don't I don't know how, why they didn't like pursue him at all. Um, yeah, but he watches through the wall and sees that they are like all leaving, like they are they're done. So he's like, oh, "Okay, I, I messed this up. They're gone." Well, what do you do whenever uh, your friends leave you? Well, it's time to go book burning, I guess. I don't yeah. know because that's what the monster decides to do. There's like a little fire left over. I I don't know where it came from, but he's like, you know what? I'm gonna throw my books on this because they have caused me nothing but pain. <laughs> He doesn't yeah, say that. Burning mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so burning mad that he grabs the, the, the flaming brand and just throws it on the roof and catches the house on fire. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's, you know, burnt the house down. And then we just cut to Victor's lab and the creature has like somehow gone back to the lab, which is a unique thing for this movie. Like, I don't, mm. uh, I don't think the creature's ever like gone back to his place of origin before. Yeah. Which well, is especially weird. Because, like, when the, when the creature starts telling his story, he's like, my first memories were just, like, being, like, lost in the woods. Right, uh, not where I live. Yeah, so, he, but he somehow did figure out how to get back to, to Victor's lab. I guess it's because it's a, it makes a lot more sense than, hey, I have this journal in my pocket for the last <laughs> how many ever months, years. Yeah, because <laughs> right. my dad hates me. Because <laughs> he, he learns French, but mm-hmm. the journal is, like, presumably written in, like, Swiss or German so it's like yeah i mean i I can kind of get why but like the timeline of this movie because from the time that victor and uh you know the creation happens and victor and henry meet up that next day there's there's only like a few days before they go back to victor's home yeah and then this is probably only a few more days from then 
until William dies. So, like, this whole, you know, the creature's entire, like, you know, main story takes place over the course of, like, a week, maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, definitely speed. I, I think Tom in that case, they probably are just like, confusing. people won't notice. They won't pay attention. Right. <laughs> we noticed 30, 30, 40 years later, we noticed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, like you all said, like he get, he goes to the lab, he finds Victor's journal and, you know, that's where he, he like reads through and learns that Victor, you know, was disgusted by him and hates him and everything. Uh, and he's like, okay, so that's why I was just abandoned and, and kind of left so th- and then that kind of like gets full circle where he's like okay so then that's when i headed to try to find you and you know the rest yeah i wanted to make your life a living hell and promise to kill your family one by one <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah so he's like i i need you to make me a deformed woman who can love me right. and victor's like hey i uh only if you promise to uh go to the jungles of south america and eat berries <laughs> and nuts no he doesn't say that part he's just like go to the jungle maybe i don't yeah. know yeah, we won't be I, around people, we swear. Right. We'll be good. Somewhere far we'll be away. Good. And yeah, the creature's like, okay, I'll do that if you'll if you'll do it. And he's like, well, I haven't actually agreed to, to make her yet. But mm-hmm. uh, then it just cuts to like later and Victor and Henry are headed to a trip. So that line seemed weird, like that we're going to imply that he maybe he didn't agree. And then we're going to just speed run to where he has agreed and just not talk yeah. about it. But not yeah. even just a trip. It's just like, hey, we're in Scotland now. Yeah. This is where I part, Henry. I was like, right. oh, we're cutting out a lot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and Henry's just all mad, like, come on, man. I don't know anybody here. Right. No. Nah, well, you got a couple got friends around here. Yeah. yeah. You, you'll, you'll run into someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And yeah, and Henry's like, you know, I'm worried about you, though. Like, what are you're just going to go out into the middle of nowhere by yourself? Like, I don't, that's not safe. And Victor's like, I, I got to do this. Like, this is the whole reason for this trip. I told you this before we left. You got to let me do this. And we get a little bit of a quick cut where uh, Henry's apologizing for being so brusque. And he's like, you know, that cliff over there, that's that's a cliff I want to climb and not fall <laughs> off of at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we pretty much just cut to Victor is at the secluded little cottage on, uh, you know, the Orkneys. It's just like a remote island. I don't think it's ever identified in this. And he kind of like starts work and we see like the creature kind of like off in the distance, keeping an eye on Victor. So, so he's around. And then we kind of like cut to Victor with like a pretty much complete bride. Like he's got it all kind of ready to go. Yeah. And then there, there's well, another well, doesn't the monster before that doesn't the monster like Victor's off walking and doesn't the monster like kind of oh. come up behind, not necessarily behind him, but he sees this little uh, cottage that the, that Victor walked past and the lady who is like taking care of her clothes, she sees him and like screams and runs off. And then you just see the monster walking towards the house. Yeah. Yeah. Then we see like Victor coming home. Like he's out, he's been out on a walk and like his front door is just like knocked down. Uh, and so he like, you know, goes inside and like his lab is all like smashed up and there's just like a dead guy laying in the corner. Right. I think he's meant to be burned, but he's yeah. just like in the fireplace, all rigor mortis and stuff. Rigor mortis. Is that, a, is that an adjective? Or yeah. a, it is now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so, like, this is another bit that's just, like, completely unique to this story, um, which all of those seem so strange considering what they've removed. Yeah, they cut out a bunch of major stuff, and then they were just, like, well, let's, let's throw in some weird, like, small things here and there. Yeah. To connect the scenes. Right. <laughs> sure. Kind of, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's and, what these do, right? Well, and, like, <laughs> the weird thing is because of that, because of the way this moves at such a quick pace, like, you really do, like... 
you kind of have to fill in a lot of blanks about like what happened in this scene like yeah i guess that this is like a villager went into the house and saw what was going on and then maybe the creature came in and killed him so that like right. he wouldn't stop victor from completing this work i i, I don't yeah. know it's kind of you know there's not really a very explicit explanation for what has happened to cause this crime scene yeah yeah and i feel like if if they did actually explain what happened that would lend credence to oh no the monster's just bad like making right. him a mate's not a good idea at all yeah and then i think we do it's like victor sees all this kind of chaos and everything and then we just see the the creature show up later and is like why have you not continued with your work and you know victor's like because you're incurably evil and i don't know what this new creation would you know i don't know what her morality would be right or if she'd even like you yeah (laughs) or you might spawn a whole race of evil monsters who try to destroy all of mankind superhumans yeah (laughs) basically yeah Yep, so, you know, Victor, like, or the creature's like, you have to finish her, and Victor just, like, pushes her off the table, like, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Wait, you destroyed her immediately by that single push. Yeah. (laughs) You You killed her before she was born. Right. So, of course, I'll be with you on your wedding night. Mm, Yeah. There we go. The classic. Yep. Never gets old. (laughs) Unlike the the female monster. Oh Ooh. no, I'm sorry. Sorry, all right, we cut that. That was a little too mean. <laughs> and yeah, so then we see like Victor rowing out in in a little boat and like dumping the bride corpse overboard. Right. Hey, but you know what's a g- great scene? Henry Henry just running over the rocks. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, his time has come. Yeah. Yep. So Henry like. Poor Henry. <laughs> And it's so good because he's like climbed up this whole entire mountain and he's like right at the top. <laughs> By the way, we talk about how fast this movie goes. This was a slow pace climb. Yeah. It, it, like from you, the very you see bottom every- all the way to the top, right? It was just right. Right. <laughs> you, you hear the, the rocks rattling. It's like, oh, this is very tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely setting up the tension of, like, something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he gets to the very top, and then there's there's somebody there to give him a hand to help him get up on top of the mountain. The head's <laughs> a little yellow. <laughs> a little bit, But, like, yeah. the creature, like, he, like, does help him. He gets him up, and, like, he he's does. standing there. He's safe. And then he's just, like, shoves him off the mountain. Right. He's like, you good? You good? And then he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, bye. <laughs> 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 So, uh, you know, like, as we've been talking about this whole time, like, obviously this whole movie is leading to this moment. Uh, mm-hmm. We're setting us up that that's what's going to happen. So then, like, Victor ends up rowing to shore around that same time as, like, the villagers are, like, dragging Henry's corpse out of the sea. And it's like, hey, he already knows what's up. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> and we skip all of the stuff about him being, like, accused of the crime and, like, oh, yeah. all of the jail stuff and everything. Like, that's just... That, that would take too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that and in fact yeah it's like we see him row up and sees them pulling the body out and then it just cuts back to geneva like immediately mm-hmm. um and like you know victor's like walking into the door and there's elizabeth she's like trying to comfort him because he's like laying by or he's in bed and she's sort of like doing like the nurse thing now and kind of comforting him while he's like having nightmares where i think we get even like some little like flash clips of like the creature mm-hmm. yeah Victor's like, I think we should postpone the wedding. And then it immediately smash cuts to the wedding. Yeah. Liz was like, nope, <laughs> you are wrong. She's like, you don't know what movie you're in, do you? 
Right. <laughs> There's no no you postponing anything. Far too long. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I all right. I, I will say I'll give the movie credit for this as well. That when they're walking down the aisle, uh, Victor and uh, Liz, like he's literally looking in every nook and cranny for the monster. Mm-hmm. It's like ah yeah that that all right. I like I like your paranoia. I see where yeah. you're at. <laughs> And there's like intense like horror movie music <laughs> that like we're not getting like the the here comes the bride march or anything like we're they're ratcheting up the tension even at, during the wedding scene. But of course, because this movie is what it is, the priest opens up the book and we cut. Oh yeah, <laughs> just cut away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so yeah, we're we're at their like you know honeymoon house or whatever, and like Victor is patrolling, walking around, and yeah, he's got the guns out already. Oh yeah, yeah. He like goes to Elizabeth and is like, I got to leave you for a little while. I'll be back soon. And just like locks her up in the bedroom. Oh, uh, but he doesn't know what movie he's in. <laughs> yeah, no, right. he does not. So, yeah, he's walking around the house. And then, you know, of course, here's Elizabeth scream mm-hmm. and, you know, rushes to the room. And obviously she's already there dead on the bed. But he does. He sees the creature kind of like get away out the window. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not like he wasn't aware of who that was going to be. Like, you know, he doesn't need to see that escape to know what's going on. Yeah, right. And of course, look, good for him. He doesn't pass out. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) No, he he goes right to shooting. Right. And then he calls his dad and the the constable together. Oh, yeah. And right away, yeah, he's like, you know, trying to tell them what's going on. And of course, everyone's like, yeah, no, that that doesn't sound... (laughs) That doesn't yeah. sound accurate to us. No, I don't. I don't think you're you're on to anything here. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> despite all, everything you're saying, you're you're out of your head, and that was a criminal, a basic criminal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you're a little too stressed out, Victor. You got to calm yeah. down, take some breaths. He's <laughs> like, no, I I made it. <laughs> right. And then we get like the most like ice cold line from Victor's dad, and he's just like. If I knew what was going to happen to all my children, I just would not have allowed any of you to be born. <laughs> well, ouch. <laughs> well, you know, man. you know what you say to that? You say, Dad, I wish you were dead. And he does. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And that, again, yeah, like, I, I mean, it's pretty much like just cuts to Victor sitting in front of his entire family's grave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now, this man is rich. How does he only afford one gravestone? <laughs> yeah. That, for everybody. Was, yeah, I was like, okay, come on now. You, know, you, you, mm-hmm. you, could, you could spring for a few more headstones in the in the cemetery, Victor. Right. And this, we, so this is like a scene that, I think we've talked about it when we talk about the book, that like, no movie covers this scene, and then this movie does, but it just cuts it. Kind like, of. You, you don't really get the, the sort of, like this, this scene in the book is so much fun. It's one of like the coolest parts of the book that just nobody knows about unless you've read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it just gets totally bre- like, you know, he's looking at the gravestone. He's just like, I will have my revenge. And then you just hear the creature's voice, and he's like, Now that I know you're determined to live, I'm going to the ends of the earth. Catch me if you can. If you can. He, mm-hmm. You don't even see the creature. I don't know if they just like had to ADR him in later or what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, in the book, that's, you know, like the creature mocks him and laughs at it. And like, it's just such a great intense moment. And there's like a storm and everything. But we, yeah, we don't get any of that here. Never, never. <laughs> Kills me. 
And then we get like the shortest like Victor chasing the creature montage we've right. ever had. Like it's a you know really a test into that speed run, right? <laughs> right, exactly. It it just cuts to him like wandering through this almost burnt out house. Then he just picks up a bell and starts ringing it. <laughs> yeah, why? What was that? Like I was, <laughs> yeah. I was confused. I don't know. I don't know. I'm here. Yeah. I'm coming for you. <laughs> right. And we get like a little scene where like Victor sees the word prepare written on the ground and I don't know if what it's written in like mud or, or blood. Yeah, it did kind of look yeah. like blood, but I don't, I mean, that's what maybe, I thought. But yeah, but <laughs> but whose blood? Like, I, it's not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he like looks off and sees the creature off in the distance, laughing, and he rides away on the sled. And then the ice starts breaking, so that kind of like gets us back to the present. And Victor's just like, I'm never gonna know peace as long as that creature is out there in the world. And, of course, the creature is out there, at least in the dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, if the ship gets free, I, you know, like, this has been scary. Like, the ice has shifted. I thought we were going to, like, go under. But, like, if we're able to get free, you need to go back. And the captain's like, yeah, you know, we're going to turn back. I'm kind of done with this. Like, I don't really care about the pole anymore. Which is an odd departure because usually it's like, at this point, Victor has kind of embraced the villain in him. And he's like, no, whatever you do, you don't go back. Right. We, you just promised me we're going to kill this fucker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Even if all your men have to die, we're, we're going to get this one monster. And Walton's like, maybe we have to go out there. It's mandatory. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So and then we see that the creature is out on the ice. He sees the boat and he like climbs aboard and kind of like scares a few of the crew members and enters Victor's room. And in this version, Victor's still alive at this point. Like, mm-hmm. well, doesn't the, the shift shifts and like he <laughs> smacks his head on the table, right? Really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I was like, like literally yeah. visible scar. Yeah. Or visible cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he like sees the creature, but he's, you know, he's too weak to do anything. Uh, and, but he does yell, reach out like he's going to strangle it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He like reaches out to him and he yells "monster" and then just kind of like dies. Right. <laughs> this is the time he 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 spent up all of his or pent up all of his passing out for this one moment <laughs> and expended all of it at once. So of course, you know, after him yelling, the captain hears and he enters. The captain's like, you know, he's right. You are a monster. And the creature's like, yeah, but you know, he created me. Uh, but took no responsibility. So, you know, like, if I'm a monster, he made me that. And, you know, now my only consolation is death. Yeah. I cease to be a monster and a man. Yeah. Then he starts to, like, head out. He's just going to, like, you know, go back out on the ice. And the captain's like, hey, <laughs> stop. And the creature's like, yeah, yeah no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, we're right. worth my time. Walton straight up tries. He, like, he tries. I'll give him that. He tries. <laughs> yeah. But the creature tosses him aside like a fucking, like a bag of dirty laundry. Just like, nah. Right. Not even. <laughs> Get out of the way. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so then the creature just kind of like walks out onto the ice and kind of looks back over his shoulder at the ship and then just keeps going. And that's, that's how it ends. That's our abrupt ending as, as we like to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what did you guys think? Uh, I this I actually I had known about this uh, adaption before, uh, mm-hmm. but I've never watched it until now. And right. um, uh, I mean, it, it's definitely not the best, <laughs> but it, it right. does it. It's weird because it's one of it's like sticks really close to the book, but also not at the same time because it cuts out Safi, it cuts out Justine. It cuts out a lot of, like, extended 
periods of time in the book, which I guess is in right. service to, you know, the speed run aspect of it, but still <laughs> it, it feels like they cut out a lot of important, you know, subplot stuff and uh I don't know. It just it it wasn't bad. I was entertained. Um I definitely don't think it was dull. Definitely. Um no. like some reviews, you know, say about it. I like the makeup on the creature. That it was very book accurate except for the hair uh, color it was whitish mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. black but i mean the yeah. skin looked good the black lips the black you know fingernails um yeah. i liked victor I, I liked a lot of the acting i, I don't think there was really yeah. a bad performance uh at all nope. but uh, yeah overall it just i don't know i mean i'll probably watch it again in you know later down the road but I'd, I'd rather watch a Hammer or a Universal or uh, actually, I'd rather watch the uh, Frankenstein: The True Story again. Uh, okay. I actually, I really like that uh, adaption a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is, like, it follows like the letter of the book more closely than a lot of ver- other versions, but it like misses the spirit somehow. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think that like the Frankenstein: The True Story, you know, it gets weird. It has some stuff that's like so oh, completely yeah. outside of it, but it like right. gets the heart of the story a little better, like. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. It, it has the the themes there more, I guess you could say. Like, mm-hmm. um, this feels like it's like a a book report or something. Right? It's just like we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> yeah. cover all the things that actually happen, but we're not gonna talk about what any of that means. Right. Right. It, like, in a weird way. All right. So, I, I've mentioned before I have ADHD. And this seems like the way I would tell the Frankenstein story. <laughs> I would start off rambling, like for the first 30 minutes, it's, it's a little slow in the beginning, right? Yeah. Then when action starts actually happening, all right, I'm in, I'm invested. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I'm also, I'm skipping over a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just do, 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 do. You know, it's like, all right, slow down, take a breath. Yeah. Think it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's accurate. Um, mm-hmm. One other thing that I just thought of, I kind of have an issue with like, it feels like they're trying to, I mean, you know, it's, it's the story of Frankenstein and the monster, you know, he's, he's bad because, uh, it's, it's nurture, not nature, you know, essentially, but Mm -hmm. it feels kind of like in this movie that they were like, but the monster is sort of just evil. Like, right. It feels a little bit nature naturally. Yeah. Like like they were trying to go for like, there is like an inborn, like evilness to the creature, but that doesn't, they didn't go far enough with that. Like you can't, if you're Mm going to go with that, you really got to go with that. You can't just like, right. Play with it a little bit and then have the monster. I get what you're saying. At the end, you know, like if I'm a monster, it's because it's his fault. Well, uh, well, I mean the way you were acting earlier, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smiling when you push a guy off a cliff and uh, choke out a little kid. That's a, that's not exactly the nicest thing. <laughs> yeah. But I wonder if that's also like, this could be me reading into it, but the whole black magic angle. Oh yeah. You that's know, true. maybe some of that tainted mm-hmm. what this Frankenstein was doing. Mm. I could definitely see that. Yeah. I kind of feel like that would have been a fun, like, you know, having that sort of black magic thing at the beginning was like, Oh, this is something different. And then it doesn't really do anything beyond that. Yeah. Like they could have played with that angle a little more. That could have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see an adaption where they just straight up go, they get weird with it and just go magic. Like no science or like barely any science and just, just magic. That would be Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it'd be something different. 
And there's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could do with that if you went that route. Yeah. Oh, definitely. The tone of this movie too, you could have definitely, they could have played it off, and it probably would have worked well too. Because oh uh, yeah, there's it's it's so goofy sometimes. It's like oh yeah, this movie can <laughs> almost have anything going with it. So yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah I agree. John, is this your uh, is this your favorite uh, Frankenstein adaptation? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I think Young Frankenstein's still my favorite. Uh, Gene Wilder's just. It, hard to beat it's it. just oh, a, yeah. yeah it's it's hard to beat that movie but yeah. i gotta say um it, it this definitely will have like a special place in my heart just because like it is faithful to the book but at the same time you know like at the ending um where he's like monster but instead it you know in the book it was just like a lot more touching a lot mm-hmm. more uh a humanizing kind of mm-hmm. yeah. but the movie is just like Ugh, just the <laughs> anger towards him still so yeah, it, right. it, it does its own thing so it, it's it's very like interesting and uh it, it had my attention the whole time because I, I was worried at the beginning i was like man this this does look kind of old and you know I, I was like i hope i don't want to look at my phone or anything but i i was glued to the screen i i really did enjoy it so uh, awesome yeah. movie i'm glad we got to go on yeah. to this one yeah <laughs> You know, speaking of that, th- that is odd because, like, looking back at the Hammer movies, they they kind of look better <laughs> than yeah. this one, and it's it's what ten, fifteen years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. Curse of Frankenstein was like fifty eight, fifty nine. Yeah, so maybe almost twenty years later. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, this I, is I guess definitely a just, lower budget thing. Oh yeah, Hammer definitely. Uh, I mean, the Hammer movies weren't big budget by any means, but they right they had a little bit more cash to uh, to throw around than uh, than the, the people that made this one did for sure. Right. Was this on like a, a TV show too, or did this play on like TV? Because because with the budget and everything, I'm like, where did, did this like come out for theaters? Like I, I was really confused on like maybe some of the background to it. <laughs> It definitely uh, does have a TV movie vibe, but I, yeah, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if yeah, I don't know if it aired in theaters or not. That's a good question because it, it's like well, it's, it's like straddling the line, uh, like in budget in production wise of like between the Dan Curtis and like uh, you know like a regular low budget theatrical release, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, you know what? We're going to do our research later. Late, late in the <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah. We, no, none of us have that information readily at hand. So yeah, we're uh, like, uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even begin to know where to track that down. Like, unless yeah, it's yeah. pretty clearly indicated it's a TV movie or something. Whereas this one, it doesn't seem like it's. But yeah, yeah who knows? All right. Does anybody else have anything else on this? Um, I know Hayden kind of brought it up before, but what what did you guys think of uh, the monster, the creature? Because um, I wasn't totally into it at the beginning, but as the movie played out, and the actor, he does his role really good. I actually liked it quite a bit. I liked his creature. Yeah, I mean, I felt the, the makeup was good. Um, I think, um, what comic book was that? We, we talk about it quite a bit, and we've actually spoken uh, with you all about it. He looked a little bit more ghoulish. Who's that artist? Oh, uh, the, the Bernie Wrightson. Bernie Wrightson. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the, in my brain, that is kind of how the, the creature should look, right? Mm-hmm. But I will say that this is, in my opinion, it's pretty close. I mean, not, obviously, you don't have the sunken in cheeks or yeah. the missing nose but mm-hmm. or the black hair like we mentioned earlier. But yeah, I thought it was a pretty good. Uh, pretty good makeup job. Yeah, Especially it felt like the, they did a lot with with a little. Like, there's not right. a lot going on there. Right. But 
It is you know one what? thing I'll, I'll say, say, like, it, it, some of the hammer Frankenstein, like, some of the hammer creatures don't look so great, and this actually that's true. looks yeah. better than quite a few of those, actually. God, All that, right, to be that, fair, Hammer Hammer did just do a guy who screwed up his face and, like, hunched up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. It, I mean, but even when they were going full monsters sometimes, I mean, that, God, that Kiwi Kingston from Evil of Frankenstein, <laughs> it's, it like, it's literally just paper mache. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so at least they did spend the budget there, which, and especially considering that, like, because this follows the book so closely, we don't really get a lot with the creature. It's he's used yep. pretty sparingly, mm-hmm. uh, so to actually like to take the trouble to like make him look pretty good is is a nice touch. You know, I think what you said a minute ago actually suits this movie perfectly. It feels like they did a lot with like a l- very little at their mm-hmm. their disposal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Do we got anything else to say on this? No, I think that's uh, that's it for me. Mm-hmm. So we actually, um, so next week, we're going to kind of talk about this movie again in a way. Um, mm-hmm. So this is something that I've been like excited about. Like I've had this, uh, this has been on our list and I've like, I've, I've only pushed it back this far into the show's run just because I was like, this is so weird that I want to like let people get used to what we're doing before we do this episode. <laughs> So there's this this movie that came out maybe 10 years ago. It's called Director's Commentary, Terror of Frankenstein. It's by Tim Kirk and Rodney Ash, who are the guys that did like Room 237 and The Nightmare. They like usually do like documentary kind of stuff. But they took this movie and they recorded a commentary track over it that is a work of fiction. They actually, they got uh, Leon Vitale, the the guy who plays Victor in this, to be himself. And then they got, um, I think it's Clue Gulliger to be the director. And it's just them having a conversation over the movie. And it tells this whole, it's like a completely made up story about things that were happening behind the scenes during the making mm-hmm. of this movie. Um, it's it, it's so, so it's a sequel. But it's not. <laughs> that, that sounds interesting. Wow, so, I didn't even know that. So strange. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really bizarre. It's really cool. And the the, the bad thing is, like, they put it out. Or, like, they, um, it was a Kickstarter thing, mm. and it's like pretty difficult to find now. Um, I actually found the director on Twitter and reached out to him, and he was like, "I have copies of it on DVD. If anybody wants to buy it directly from me." So if anybody is curious and wants to check this out, you know, of course, we'll talk about this more during the episode. I think we'll cover it pretty well because it's just a commentary track. I think we can, you know, handle most of what goes on in it if you, you know, don't want to buy this or whatever. But if you're curious, uh, it's Tim Kirk. So his his email address is Tim, then the number two, Kirk, K-I-R-K, at yahoo.com you can just email him i don't know how much he's selling him for but he'll uh i guess arrange that with you but uh yeah i have my copy from back in the kickstarter days so i'm excited to to dig it out again but yeah i think it'll be fun because i would be surprised if many people have seen this like i feel like you know just the kickstarter backers and that's probably it yeah i I literally never even heard of that that is so (laughs) that's so weird but also so like cool that's that's exact. Like if I had known about that, I probably would have yeah. contributed to the Kickstarter at the time. But I, that's this is the first time hearing of it. Yeah, I don't remember how it got on my radar, but I was just like, oh yeah, I'm definitely in for this. 
And that was how I found about, out about this movie, like Terror of Frankenstein right. existing. I had never seen the actual movie until I found out about the this other project. So it kind of worked backwards a little bit for me. But yeah, so we will be talking about that next week. I think that should be a, a kind of a strange, interesting episode. No doubt. Yeah. A commentary on top of a commentary, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Double commentary. <laughs> All right. Well, do All you right. guys want to uh, let people know where they can find you? Yeah, let's have a plug. Uh, we, uh, you know, like uh, Anthony uh, and Eric said at the beginning, our, our podcast is called Last Book on the Shelf. Uh, we drop a uh, book episode every month where we cover, um, you know, any really any genre book. We mostly end up doing horror, though, because that's mostly what we read. But um, we like the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we also <laughs> drop uh, an extra episode at the beginning of each month that's uh, over a movie, uh, usually, but sometimes we'll do a TV show or we've even talked about maybe doing video games, just any kind of other media. Um, our next episode will be over Prey, uh, which, if you don't know, is the newest uh, Predator movie that they dropped on Hulu, uh, which is extremely good. Um, yes, mm-hmm. we uh, we it already really tried is. to record once, and we had some technical difficulties. Twice, which, oh we, yeah, twice, technically, twice. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that first recording was like forty five minutes of gold, and then the technical oh, no. difficulties happened, oh, and uh, yeah, yeah, it made me cry almost. That was yeah. Like, oh. But uh, that we will uh, have that episode out soon, and then uh, our next book episode is. Um, uh, oh, the Black Farm. The Black Farm, yes. That's uh, TJ's yeah. pick. And it's by, yeah, it's Elias Withrow. Withrow? With, I'm so bad with last yeah, names. Yeah, that last, it's Withrow. Withrow. <laughs> Withrow. I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, mm-hmm. The Black Farm. And it, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, and it's uh, it's got an interesting backstory with the, like the Reddit community and Creepypasta, which I'll, I'll share. Uh, <laughs> don't want to take up too much time, but it's a very interesting book. So yeah, hmm. but uh, if you're interested it in that, you can follow us on uh, uh, Twitter at Last Book on the Shelf, uh, and then uh, also we have Facebook. We don't have an Instagram yet. We will eventually at some point, <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Uh, and then we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on all the podcasting sites. So. Yeah, definitely make sure to give those guys a listen because they're they're a blast. I yeah. love them. Oh, thank yeah, you. Very I much. actually was catching up on back episodes and listened to the last episode I had just today, so I am fully caught up on you guys. Good, nice. I'm a little behind, but that's that's just me in general. <laughs> yeah, I know how. I know. Oh, how I'm still is. catching up on this one too. So yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But Anthony, where can they find us as well? Um, so yeah, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, at the Frankencast, we're also on YouTube. Um, you can email us at thefrankencast at gmail.com. And uh, most importantly, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash thefrankencast. And um, we should say, John, thank you. Welcome. He, he's yeah. our most recent uh, Patreon backer. Um, so oh, we, we appreciate yeah. that. I did. I, I was like, I saw the spinning science wheel. I was like, I gotta have it. <laughs> yeah. I got it at the premium service. That's right. <laughs> I'm about to delve into it now that I'm almost caught up with uh, uh, everything. So, listen, I don't know if it's going to be great, but it's definitely going to be entertaining. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we we talk about some wild stuff in there. Yeah, it's a nice, fun little place for us to uh, divert a little bit from like the the format of the the standard show. So. Be a little free flow. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah very exactly. very much so. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, if you if, obviously if you don't have any money, uh, just interacting with us any way possible, it always helps. Even better than money in most cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you if you don't have any interaction online, you you the algorithm just treats you, you like you don't exist. Yeah, exactly. That's true. All right. Well, I guess in that case, to be continued. Yeah. I love that part. <laughs> Looks like you survived another episode. The Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening.